Good morning, friends. Honor, love, and respect. This is the sixth of seven messages I wanted to share on the life of Jesus. And since this series was interrupted by some travel and opportunities to preach elsewhere and on different topics and different scriptures, today's message would have been delivered on Mother's Day. But it is now past that day. Yet, and yet I thought it would be interesting to talk about the relationship between Mary and Jesus. Mary appears at various places throughout the Gospels and even in the book of Acts. Her husband Joseph is not mentioned after the second chapter of Luke when Jesus was 12 years old, probably because he passed away. But Mary was there from start to finish, and when we see how they related to one another, we can learn something. Not only do we learn more about the humanity of Jesus, but we also see an example of how parents need to relate to their children and how children should relate to their parents. Since we began this series, I've been saying that one objective <clears throat> of this study is that we know Jesus and become more like him. Today's message will help us know Jesus a little bit more, and prayerfully will show us some ways we can become more like him. Today's message will also show parents and children how to honor one another, even beyond the days of childhood. So this morning, we're going to take a look at three snapshots from the Gospels that give us insight into Jesus' relationship with his mother, Mary. The first thing I want you to see is that Jesus learned from Mary. You know, we are so fully convinced of the deity of Jesus that we sometimes forget that he was also fully human. He came into the world as a little child, just like newborn babies everywhere come into the world. Every December, though, we sing the song, The Little Lord Jesus, No Crying He Makes. You know, that makes for some tender poetry, but it's not really accurate. Jesus cried like all babies cried. He needed to sleep. He needed to eat. Like all babies, he needed to be changed. He had to learn to walk. He had to learn to talk, how to learn his letters, his numbers, and how to spell and how to add and subtract and read and write, and on and on. We need to remember that Jesus, the toddler, wasn't walking through the house saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, it's time for my afternoon snack. He was a child, like all children. He grew up learning what all toddlers need to learn, what all little boys need to learn, and what all young men need to learn. And he did this under the guidance of Mary and Joseph. We see from the very beginning that Mary and Joseph conscientiously did everything right. On the eighth day after Jesus was born, they took him to be circumcised. And then in Luke 2:22, it says, When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And then later in verse 39, when Mary and Joseph had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. If any child in the world could be left to find his own way and make all the right choices for himself, it would be Jesus. And yet, from the very beginning, Mary and Joseph were making sure that Jesus had a strong connection to his faith. From the very beginning, they followed the rituals, they presented him in the temple, and as we'll see in a minute, <clears throat> they taught him to observe Passover. They knew it was their responsibility to bring this child up in the way of the Lord. Parents, moms especially, don't forget that you have more influence in your child's lives than anyone, and you have far more influence than you realize. You, can be the, you need to be the voice that helps your children connect to the best decisions they can possibly make. Make sure you do more than you provide for them. 
make sure they have the opportunity to learn from you. When we fast forward a few years, we see that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph went to Jerusalem with a large group from their community, friends and relatives, no doubt. It's a journey of a few days from Nazareth. On the way home, on the second day of the return journey, Mary and Joseph realized Jesus wasn't with the group, so they panicked. They went back to Jerusalem and spent three days looking for him, and finally found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Well, first of all, this may sound like Mary and Joseph were rather inattentive, but that's not the case. Typically in those days when large groups traveled together, men and women traveled in separate groups. No doubt Joseph thought Jesus was with Mary, and Mary probably thought Jesus was with Joseph. When they stopped the first night for camp, they realized he wasn't there. When they found him in the temple three days later, Luke says he was listening and asking questions. This phrase is a Hebrew idiom that describes the activity of a student. In other words, he was in the temple learning. Mary said to Jesus, Why have you treated us this way? We were worried. Jesus said to Mary, Why were you searching for me? Did you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, keep in mind that a 12-year-old Jewish boy in the first century is not the same as a 12-year-old American kid in the 21st century. At the age of 12, Jesus was only one year away from being fully accountable as a man. So he was turning the corner of a new stage of independence. Every parent, moms and dads, need to learn at some point when it's time to loosen their grip and lead the child with an open hand. Do you remember the first time you walked down the street with your child and you didn't hold their hand? Do you remember how difficult that was? Or the first time they went somewhere by themselves or the first time they drove? Or, you know, Friends, you can't be helicopter parents forever. At some point, we have to let our sons and daughters take the first steps toward independence. There are two things about this story I want you to notice. First, Luke writes about those who were with Jesus in the temple. In Luke 2.48, it says, Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Well, score one for Mary and Joseph. This shows the kind of environment in which he was raised and the teaching he received. Remember that Jesus didn't arrive in the manger with a head full of knowledge. Everything Jesus knew while he was here on earth, he learned while he was here on earth because Mary and Joseph created such an environment for him that he was able to learn and grow as he needed to. There's another statement in the story that I want you to notice. It's in verses 51 and 52 of Luke 2. It says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. We don't know when Jesus fully understood everything about who he was and what his mission was to be. Maybe this story shows us the beginning of that realization. But what we see next from Jesus is that he continued to be obedient to his parents, he continued to learn, and continued to grow physically and spiritually. We see from these accounts of Jesus' early life that he was a learner. He was a student of the Word. When we read later in the Gospels about how Jesus would spend the night alone in prayer, we need to remember that he first learned to pray in the home of Mary and Joseph. So, moms... And dads, I'll give you a special exhortation. Make it your lifelong mission to teach your children everything good and right and holy that they need to know. Mary planting the seeds of growth throughout Jesus' childhood is what makes this next snapshot of his ministry possible. 
We just looked at how Jesus learned from Mary and Joseph. Now I want you to see how Jesus listened to Mary. After the story of Jesus getting separated from Mary and Joseph in Jerusalem, we don't have any details of his life until his ministry is about to begin. <clears throat> There's an 18-year period of silence. Now, my friend Greg Savitt, who works for Chosen People Ministry, would probably explain it this way. He'd probably say, I can explain what happened. If his mother was anything like my Jewish mother, then after that episode in Jerusalem, he was probably grounded until he was 30. Well, I doubt that that's what happened. There's a more probable explanation. It's likely that when Jesus was still a teenager, Joseph died. As the eldest son, it would have been on him to provide for the family. Maybe he spent those years taking care of Mary and taking care of his younger brothers and sisters until the time was right to begin his public ministry. The ministry of Jesus begins when he's baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin, John the Baptist. Then he spends 40 days in the desert being tempted by the devil, and when he returns to Nazareth, he attracts his first followers. There are five of them, five disciples following Jesus, when he shows up for a wedding at Cana of Galilee. Cana is a small town near Nazareth. Maybe it was because there were five invited guests adding to the mix, or maybe it was another reason, but the wine ran out before the wedding feast was over. We might consider this a rather small thing, something to laugh about is, in, hey, folks, you drunk is out of house and home. We've got no more wine. You're going to have to switch to water. But in the first century Jewish culture, this would have been more than socially embarrassing. It would have brought shame on the host family and would have placed a mark on the couple's marriage. Mary came to Jesus and said, they've run out of wine. Now, Jesus' response may sound harsh, because we hear it in our idiom in the way that we speak. In the language in which Jesus spoke, his response is appropriately respectful. He simply says, in effect, what does this have to do with me? My time has not yet come. But Mary saw something in Jesus that he had not yet seen. That he had not yet seen. She saw that his time had, in fact, come. She didn't say anything more to him. She just said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. <clears throat> it was then that Jesus told the servants to fill some stone jars with water, and that water was turned to wine and served to the guests. The story used to confuse me because I always thought that Jesus was omniscient, you know, all-knowing while he was here on earth, that he knew something there is to know. So why would he say to Mary, my time has not yet come, and then turn right around and perform the miracle? Well, because Jesus understood at that moment that the Father was speaking to him through Mary, the person he could trust more than anyone else on earth. God the Father was speaking, telling Jesus, yes, your time has come. The story of the wedding of Cana gives us insight into the relationship between Jesus and his mother. She saw him as who he really is. As far as everyone else was concerned, he was just a carpenter. Even his own brothers and sisters thought he was out of his mind. But Mary knew who he was all along, for obvious reasons. She was a virgin when she gave birth to him, and God used her to help Jesus take the first necessary steps towards public ministry. The lesson for us here, I think, is pretty clear. Moms, your children need to see in them what the rest of the world can't see. They need you to see them in terms of their potential, in terms of their possibilities. They will never get too old for you to speak a word of encouragement into their lives. 
As for the rest of us, you need to remember that your mom has a unique perspective in what's best for you. She may not always be right, but I'm willing to guess that she's right often enough that whenever you need advice, she deserves at least a listen. Jesus learned from Mary and Joseph and was obedient to them. He listened to Mary so that God could use her to speak to him. And here's the third thing I want you to see. I want you to see how Jesus looked after Mary. After Jesus was arrested, he was abandoned by all of his disciples, all but one. He was beaten, mocked, and humiliated, and then hung on a Roman cross to die a painful death. Almost everyone who had followed him now was gone. But Mary was there. As she watched as he died alone, even as he was forsaken for a moment by the Father. But she was there. And she watched as the little boy she held in her arms, who she taught to pray and bandaged his skin knees and took care of in so many ways. In the midst of a crowd jeering onlookers, she watched as he died a violent death. All his disciples had run away, except for John. And from the cross, Jesus spoke to Mary, saying, Dear woman, here is your son. And then he said to John, Here is your mother. Jesus could not breathe his final breath without making sure that Mary would be taken care of. As we grow older, we reach a point, at some point, where we no longer... Uh, where we're no longer relating to mom and dad in terms of what they do for us, but in terms of what we can do for them. The earlier you can turn this relational corner with your parents, the better, the stronger and emotionally healthier you'll be. The balance you owe to your parents will never be paid in full, but you need to pay what you can. Part of growing up, whether you're a teenager or in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or whatever, is that your relationship with your parents... Specifically, your mom is no longer taken for granted. We take them for granted when we're young because we don't know any better. But once we've grown up, at whatever age that may occur, we need to look out for them in the same way that they always looked out for us. When John baptized Jesus, the heavens opened and a voice from above said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. At that point, Jesus had done nothing Messiah-like. As far as we know, he'd healed no one, performed no miracles. Maybe he had never even preached a sermon. All Jesus had done at this point was to be a good son, a good brother, a hard worker, and a faithful Jew. With this, God was pleased. I would say that the same is true for you and me. God is well pleased when we honor our relationship with our parents. So, any sons and daughters who are listening today, I'm challenging you to be like Jesus in this regard. Never stop learning all that you can from your parents. Never stop listening to what they have to say. And never stop looking out for them. And I know this is a little bit late, but moms, happy Mother's Day. Congratulations. Thank you for the role you've played in the lives of your children. Today I want to remind you that this is a role that never ends. Your children will never stop needing you, even though sometimes they may very well give that impression. They'll never stop needing you, so today I encourage you, too, to never stop. Never stop giving them an example to follow. Never stop seeing them in terms of their potential. And never stop needing them. And may we all learn from Jesus to build our relationships with one another on a foundation of honor, love, and respect. God bless.